What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, Locked On Dolphins. Today is Saturday, August 6th, 2022. We're wrapping up my week down here in South Florida for training camp. Observations from Saturday's public practice. Some highs, some lows. We're going to go into it and talk about what we saw. Lock in. Here we go. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked on Dolphins. Today is Saturday, August 6th, 2022. I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Today is a special Saturday episode of the show. And the reason behind that is, of course, I was down here in South Florida for practice today. Came down on Monday night. Stay through today. I'm flying home as soon as we get done recording this show here. But I wanted to give you guys the Saturday reaction stuff while it was fresh. And then at the beginning of next week, we're going to look at macro big picture, talk about observations from camp, looking at uh, the big picture at each position group and uh, observations through the first week. And then we'll use the preseason game the following week. Uh, weekend against Tampa Bay is our next update to that macro snapshot of where the Dolphins are as a team. So today was a fun day for the sense that we got a lot of team uh, setting for the Dolphins. You obviously had your stretch, your your indie period, uh, your defensive fundamentals and offensive fundamentals drills. Then you come together and you saw a lot of offense versus defense. They did the standard team session. They had another pressure environment where you had a lot of simulated and actual pressure looks and testing your answers versus those environments. Um, and then you had, uh, an actual game simulation environment with 16 minutes on the session clock where it was a running clock and, and you had a possession and you worked your way down the field. And, um, I, I thought depending on where you wanted to look, I think there were any number of high points at any given point in practice. Uh, we had the crowd pleaser drill with the quarterbacks in the bucket. They stood on the 40, they took a drop. They threw from about the 45. They had a target in the corner of the end zone or, or midway back through the end zone, about a 50-yard distance down the field throw. Uh, the air yardage on that throw was actually longer than that, but competing for the quarterbacks to see who would put the most throws in the bucket. And, and Tua and Teddy tied uh, with the most number of throws that they swooshed. But um, today's practice, it was lively. There were a lot of fans that showed up. I know that's something I was interested in. Seeing and exploring uh, midway through the week uh, with the midweek practices to see how the fan turnout was. And Dolphins fans did not disappoint. There were a lot of fans there that were really engaged in everything that was going on. And it didn't hurt that um, Christian Wilkins was your orange practice jersey player uh, and brought a killer playlist by far and away. And we'll, we'll save practice playlists for a part of the, the Monday show as well, the macro big picture stuff. But Christian's playlist blew everybody else's out of the water as far as I was concerned. I thought it was a great practice uh, for Christian himself. But um, offense and defense both collected their fair share of wins. It just kind of depended on on what, um, what segment of practice you were looking at. I thought offensively early in practice, there were a lot of explosive plays. You know, we, we had a, a run with a wide receiver 
uh, with some play details that I won't divulge, but was an explosive play, you know, a potential tiptoe up the sideline for like a 60-yard touchdown run type situation. Uh, you had Chase Edmonds on several runs looking very, very dynamic. The offensive line, I thought, got some good push uh, for stretches, and, and it's most relevant when the point of attack is strung out, and that's the whole point of the wide zone, right, is you got to horizontally stretch the defense, force them to stay and maintain their gap integrity as the point of attack flows, and as that breaks down, then the back cuts off of that. And I thought Chase Edmonds looked really good today with some of the runs that he had. Uh, Raheem Mostert had a nice run as well. And Jalen Phillips in the post-practice availability talked a little bit about this system and, and what it does to you as a defender. And uh, you know, he said it, it really tests your eye discipline, your ability to, to maintain your keys and um, not be looking at the wrong stuff because that's the shifts and the motion. It's all designed to manufacture those breakdowns. Uh, plus, of course, the challenge of playing a moving target with the point of attack. We had Tyreek Hill after practice. We had Austin Jackson after practice. We also had Christian Wilkins after practice. And I asked, I asked Christian uh, that same question uh, in regards to eye discipline. And said, so, you know, Christian, Jalen Phillips talked about how this offensive structure challenges you to, to maintain your eye integrity and was curious your thoughts on uh, that dynamic of this offense as somebody who plays closer to the ball in the interior. And he affirmed that that absolutely, you know, all the way around in the defensive front, the challenges that are present here test your discipline as a defense. And I thought when Miami tried to run the ball at practice with the practice sessions today and they came downhill at you, that's where I really thought the defense had their best moments. Now, you see a ton of excellent pursuit uh, from the defensive players as far as when that point of attack does get strung out and the ball does get downfield a little bit. And uh, uh, Jalen Phillips mentioned that um, the best way that you can show love to your teammates is how close you are to the ball when the play is over. And I love that. I love that visualization. I love that concept. And you saw it today as far as team pursuit. A lot of guys flying around. Uh, but I will give the offense credit, the offensive line credit, Good chunk gained several of them early in practice as far as um, manufacturing explosive plays on the ground game. Passing game was a little slow to get started. The first team session, we had two Atungavaloa miss high. Uh, Tyreek Hill wide open in the middle of the field and uh, just, just missed him high. And uh, I thought the rhythm and the timing, this is the part of the install for me where I think you can see some, some side adjustments on things where guys aren't on the same page as far as the adjustment to the route versus the leverage of the coverage and what kind of coverage they're playing. And that's absolutely one of the challenges of an install process. And I know uh, somebody had asked me mid-practice, you know, how did had Tua Tungvaloa impressed you thus far this week? And you know, I said on Tuesday, I thought he had a very good practice and he was wearing the, the orange jersey as a result. Um, Wednesday was okay. Uh, Friday was out of sync and he was slow to get started today. Uh, so impressed is probably not the right word, but I, I think I'm approaching the evaluation of two in the passing offense with an understanding that landmarks in a site adjustment based offense are going to be a work in progress. And the dolphins were installing concepts as far as my understanding of the strengths uh, and weaknesses of the offensive playbook, and also my understanding of the players and what their strengths and weaknesses are. Uh, 
I think a, a, a reason why I'm not too concerned about the fact that, like, no, Tua Tagovailoa was not particularly good on Friday's practice, and he was slow to get started today. But the Dolphins are installing the entirety of their playbook, and that includes a lot of concepts that are not intrinsically plays that the personnel and the skills of the players uh, are going to lend a lot of success to. They're going to take more time to get better at. And of course, you can run all the routes that you want on air, but when you actually um, have coverage landmarks and defenders, you got to work around and keep your timing right and process coverage to adjust, hey, am I pushing to 8 or am I pushing to 11 and coming back? As just like a hypothetical example. Uh, it changes the dynamics of all the work that you've done. So you can conceptually understand what you're putting in. But my expectation was not that the ball was never going to hit the ground and we weren't going to have ugly days because the defense gets paid too and it's a really good defense. And there's a lot of timing and side adjustments in the offense. Now, after the Dolphins did the crowd-pleaser drill where they took the three quarterbacks on the near field and they did the 50-yard long toss, and Tua missed on his first set of throws. He missed on both of them. He left one short. The other one was wide. And then they came back through, and he warmed up, and he hit three throws throughout the course of that process, and then we went back over to the other side of the field, the other field, and we picked up. I thought Tua's game perked up from there, and I thought he finished today's practice particularly well. He, he had a uh, some kind of miscommunication tipped ball that popped up and Noe Benogany went down and dug out early after that uh, for, for a turnover play. But Tua's best throw of the four practices that I was at came shortly after that with a 60-plus yard strike um, with catch, run after catch. Let's be honest. It wasn't the Tyreek Hill 65-yard bomb caliber of an air yards throw, but it was a strike that he fit Inside, Noah Benogany in tight in, in coverage against Jalen Waddell and fit it inside of the safety uh, that was to, shaded to that side of the field as well for a post route that Jalen caught in stride and took it the distance. So I know you're, you're going to hear a lot about how to two practice, what the passing offense look like. Things are out of sync. Things are this, things are that, things are gravy, blah, 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 blah. I think I've been around enough training camps to have what I'd like to think are realistic expectations. Now, I think one of the big picture things, and I'm doing the Monday show before the Monday show here, but I wasn't blown away, but I also was not demoralized or discouraged. I think there's plenty of good here to work with. I think you got to understand that you know, we're putting in the entirety of the offense. And on any given week, you might not utilize some of the concepts that we're installing right now based on game plan specific and what your core principles are and what your money plays are. They did come back to one of their money plays today. I won't talk too much about that, though. What I will tell you about is our friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. All of them. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening. Bet Online, where the game starts. Um, as far as the rest of the groups go, uh, this DB group 
it has some guys who I think have the potential. Obviously, uh, the established players in the cornerback room uh, are to be determined beyond uh, behind the top three guys that you expect to be your staple players. But I thought Trill Williams had a nice practice today, and he's obviously a big, physical, toolsy guy. He passed the eyeball test last year and checked the box. Um, Noig Benogany, as I said, had a, a play in which he went down low and dug out a tipped ball and um, extended play for a, a nice turnover conversion opportunity. And I do think he's playing better than what he was last year in camp. And he's he's got all the speed challenges that he could possibly need. Um, and, and there's guys like Keon Crossan prop, popped earlier in the week. I thought Trill Williams was the guy who popped today with a couple of good reps. So um, the competitiveness of that group, the ceiling of that group, or I should say the floor of that group might not be necessarily where you want it to have a ton of peace of mind with the depth that you have. But I'm at least encouraged by what the physical capabilities are of that group and the bright high-end flashes that we see. Um, Skylar Thompson had himself a nice day today. Uh, he did throw his first pick of training camp. I know that was something that was reported through the first eight days. He didn't throw a pick. Uh, he did have a pick, Verone McKinley, uh, who flashed for the first time to me down here this week, uh, made that interception on that play. But uh, Skyler put a ball up to Ezukama for an excellent, excellent explosive play big time down the field uh, for a score. And Ezukama, a uh, little bit more quiet in the second half of practice uh, or the, the second half of the week of practice than what he was in the first half of the week, but uh, continuing to see the ball tracking skills vertically down the field. He's going to be a player who makes some really nice plays for the Miami Dolphins this year. I can say that with a high level of confidence. Um, but I guess as I, I sit here and I think about today's practice and I think about, I, I'm trying to walk away from today's practice with a good appreciation for the why and the intensity for practice as it ramped up throughout the course of the week. And I think the Dolphins showcased a little bit of self-awareness with practice today to say, hey, let's give the fans in attendance during the weekend when everybody shows out for 305 Day uh, a lot of really entertaining and valuable reps that correlate directly to what you would expect to see on the football field on a Sunday or a Thursday or a Saturday or a Monday or whatever day of the week the NFL decides they're next going to try to monopolize and play football on. Um, and kind of the progression of practice where, especially where I came away from Friday's practice and it was like, man, I would have loved to have get some more reps. Well, it's because today's practice was more intense. Like there's no question. And it was a uh, short-term sacrifice in my sense and getting my Friday fulfillment <laughs> Of, of reps that I wanted to see versus what it looked like here and now on Saturday. And I thought today's practice had good energy, almost went two hours. Uh, it was highly competitive, as I said, each side of the ball with respective wins. And uh, I think Miami is at a place right now, based off the first week in camp, where they've largely met my expectations. There are some storylines to watch and be cautious of. Uh, the continued development of the timing of the passing game with the side adjustments is one of them. Yes. The snaps 
is another one, the consistency of the snaps. And it was not necessarily just Connor Williams today. I know Adam Pankey had a high one with, for Teddy Bridgewater that he struggled to get a hold of. And, um, But defensively, I think you have the health of Byron Jones as something to be mindful of. But you've got a lot of depth. You know, and, and you know, the departure of Adam Butler is an unfortunate is and as good of a piece as Adam Butler was for this offense. Adam Butler is also uh, a player who is a roadblock to getting Zach Sealer more snaps. Mike McDaniel on Friday said that there was some some details about the injury that he was trying to work his way through that helped them decide to make the decision that they did to part ways with with Adam Butler. But you have the depth there. And you know what? John Jenkins has had a really good week of practice too. And Christian Wilkins shouted out John Jenkins. Uh, he said the first song on his playlist for practice today came courtesy of John Jenkins, who Christian said has been very good and hasn't worn the orange jersey. But Christian told him like, yo, give me a hit, right? And there's, there's an energy about this team in its entirety that, yeah, winning's going to dictate a lot. You know, winning heals all as far as problems go, as the, as the saying goes. Um, but there is a tight-knit dynamic about this group that you can see both up close and from afar, whether you're talking with players like I did this week with Christian Wilkins and him talking about him and Zach Sealer or talking this week to Javon Holland. And like I asked him with, with him and Brandon Jones and their dynamic and the veterans that have come in, there's the chemistry feels right. And there's players seemingly at every position group who you get a chance to talk to after practice and they talk about the preparation component and approaching things the right way and being process oriented. And like, it shouldn't be a surprise to anybody that there are some, some dynamics that are a work in progress for the dolphins the first week of camp. But as I look at the entirety of the team and this entire product, I have a hard time pointing to something that I think is going to be a crippling component that would prevent the Dolphins from living up to at least what my expectations are. And I'm, I'm trying to provide those expectations to all of you because expectations minus reality equals disappointment. And if you're expecting the Super Bowl this year, I think you're probably a little ahead of yourself personally based on my expectations. Now, that's not to say the team couldn't catch lightning in a bottle and actually go make a run. It happens. But if you're also expecting this team to fall completely flat on their face, be incompetent on the offensive side of the ball, there's too many explosive playmakers to create explosive plays. The scheme works. We know it works. You see the, the functional athleticism for the team that exists up front, and you see the dynamic play versus the backs that the Dolphins have had over the last couple of years that have not the, the Jordan Howards and Malcolm Browns of the world, and even Miles Gaskin who's been quiet this week from my point of view. Uh, but you, you have a trio of backs. And Sony Michelle was quiet this week, too. I think that's probably where I'll, I'll leave you guys with a couple of names that I was hoping to see more from than what I generally did throughout the course of the week. You get hydrated first here. Hold on. Sony Michelle was a player who was interested to see what kind of flash and splash we would get and i didn't think we got too much now i think that is a testament in part to the health of raheem mostert i think that is 
uh, a testament to Chase Edmonds. Um, and I also think that's a testament to where I think this rushing attack is going to win, which is laterally with the, the, the wide and outside zone concepts is where I think this team is best engineered to win at the point of attack. And that happens to not be the strength of Sony Michelle. So when you try to run in between the tackles, uh, I think you have a little bit more high variance in your results right now. Hunter Long is another player who I was hopeful to see more of kind of coming into camp saying, hey, like if Hunter can make a big league, he can be your wide tight end and, and Mike can be a little bit more freed up to move around. Uh, we're not quite there yet. And I'm not saying it's time to hit the panic button or anything like that. Uh, as, as tight ends traditionally are a, a position group that does have a little bit of a, a lag with their transition to the NFL game. So I'm not concerned. Uh, but if you were hoping for big Hunter long breakout where he hits the ground running, I, I don't necessarily think that we're at that point right now. Now, I still think he has plenty of value as a blocker. But um, the plays in the passing game haven't been there. And the tight end room in general is a room that's been generally quiet. Um, and if I had to think of one more, man, I kind of put myself into a corner here, huh? <laughs> um, Melvin Ingram is working separately, and the, there's load management there. But I would have loved to have gotten a chance to see more of Melvin and Teron Armstead but it's not performance related. It's more me selfishly wanting to see those players who I have such a great deal of respect for their, their skill sets and how they're going to impact this team and under understanding that the dolphins are going to be a deliberate with their workload management to make sure that they're ready for week one and they're not overstressed. So that was not performance related for those two. And then obviously Michael Dieter, you know, I'm very interested to see Michael Dieter and if he can make a push here for one of these spots. Um, especially with some of the snap inconsistencies that we've seen thus far. Um, that's not like, like I said, just like the timing and side adjustments with some of the stuff in the passing game. Um, the snaps are not something to be worried about right now, but if we're still talking about it two weeks from now, then we'll probably have to look closer at those situations and ask ourselves, Hey, you know, what, what paths forward do the dolphins have from here? But that's going to do it for us here. Today on this Saturday episode of Locked on Dolphins, keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Your team every day. We don't just say it. We live it. Thanks for checking out the show. Fins up. Make it a great weekend. Talk to you guys again on Monday.